what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. <laughs> oh. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. Although, Harris, I was thinking about this the other day because AEW is no longer calling it the gorilla position because it's officially the dusty position. Our mm-hmm. podcast kind of doesn't work anymore. That, <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I always thought – see, I thought it was about gorilla position, but then we also kind of – didn't we talk about this like the first episode or two? It was kind of more about the story behind Dusty's gorilla. No, 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 like no, 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 no. Into the, no, 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 no. This was because of the gorilla position, and then the first episode happened to be about – Dusty Rhodes and the guy in, in in the gorilla suit, so it just worked out. But it probably confused a lot of people, and it clearly confused you. And I feel like <laughs> I, was about to say it. I feel like I've explained this before, and I know I have, but that's fine. I'll do it again. Our podcast is not named after the very first episode we did, but it is actually named after the fact that it's the grill position, and the original idea of the show was to talk about strange things that happened, like in real life, almost behind like not like not in front of the cameras that did not work out because there's not enough of that so it very very quickly basically after i thought of the name changed to just crazy things in wrestling but the name is what it is and it's not going to change although we might have to put like a little picture of dusty Rhodes and rename the 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 podcast behind dusty's gorilla interesting so one, I think you did explain this to me. I'm pretty sure it was the first episode, which, you know, it was, was like years and probably seven seasons ago, as we count seasons. We're still in season uh, six. This is officially the longest season. We've been in season six for a long time because hey. I just, there's been no reason to change. And now I kind of wish we had just stuck with the, the two seasons. But anyway, no, it's we're, funny this, this is like, where we are. No, this is gold. <laughs> this is great. This is great content. So, I mean, the reason... It, First of all, it isn't that crazy things haven't actually happened backstage. It's that they're much harder to find, and we don't have a network of all the stupid things Vince McMahon has ever done. Right. I mean, we kind of do indirectly, but not like actual Vince McMahon in real life. Those are harder to come by and harder to talk about. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that has happened, even plenty mm-hmm. of stuff that we know about, but not mm-hmm. enough to like warrant full episodes of we'll have it's to like, do a grab bag sometime. it's like incidents like yeah. this crazy thing happened on this road trip with these red like there's a ton of those yeah but it's not like one big story for like a whole episode thing so i'm glad you, we, we should do another grab bag because i know we did one episode on all the, like a bunch of different fights that people yeah have gotten that into, was like fun. shoot fights backstage that episode did not do well but i really enjoyed that I mean, that was like our fourth ever episode. I it feel was. like it's not fair to judge the metrics because who even knows? Well, OK, we're going to add that to the list then because the list is getting thinner all the time, folks. It we'll is. figure something out there. It is. All right. But there's still – well, the list of easily accessible stories is getting thinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Like, but we look, keep digging for you guys. My we whole do. thing was I really wanted to look at stuff that wasn't like WWE and all the stuff that people know about. But then uh-huh. it quickly went away where it's like, oh, crap, I have like one day to get an episode thing. What's the easiest thing I can find stuff on? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what it's turned into, unfortunately. But technically, yeah, it, it still fits in what yeah. the, the show's about. So back off. <laughs> I think that was just us like projecting a lot onto the general listening audience who does not care that much what this podcast was originally about either you're here or you're not if this is your first episode welcome to behind the gorilla we talk about weird wrestling stuff don't overthink it that's a good that's a good point that's a good way to put it we talk about weird wrestling stuff and we do but um before we get into harris's weird wrestling topic we got to talk about our um what, what what was the name we were calling the 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 segment on uh, us keeping talking about wrestling short? <laughs> See, I don't know if we had a name for it. I thought we it's did. It's just I don't remember. It was just the new and improved current events where I talk about three things and you just talk for five minutes. Either way, it's five minutes. Yeah, it's 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 we talk about whatever we can fit yeah. into in five minutes about current mm-hmm. wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I go or Harris goes and I go. So that is what we are. That that's where we're at. So Harris, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Um, let's let you go first. Since okay. I went first last week, we can try going back and forth. Okay. All right. Here we go. Setting the timer, and we got five minutes. So first, briefly, we're going to talk about NWA Power, um, because uh, they they had they introduced a new wrestler called the Question Mark, and he's like the new greatest thing ever. He's <laughs> He's like this big dude wears a black mask with a question mark on it. And the big thing is no one knows who he is. And he came out, did a squash match, and the whole crowd immediately ate ate it up. It was awesome. Started chanting question mark. He did this awesome, like, big middle drop kick. And then this big, like, haymaker punch or clothesline that he, like, knocked the guy out with, which was awesome. And uh, then, like, posed for the crowd. Don't know where it's going, but I thought it was great. Um... Okay, now, to All Elite Wrestling, Dynamite, there's two things I got to talk about with this. One, one of the greatest things of all time happened, Harris, on this episode of Dynamite, because one of our uh, lower patron saints of the podcast made his dramatic return from injury as Luchasaurus came out and saved Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt from the Dark Order, and it was one of the greatest segments of all time. It was amazing. Harris, did you see this? No, I didn't get a chance to watch AEW this week. You should have at least looked up this clip. It was awesome. One of the loudest pops of the night. And watching Luchasaurus is so much fun. Like, he came in, because, you know, the Dark Order has all these minions. And so they came up to attack him. He just stomped the first one into the ground, headbutted another one out of midair, and then comes into the ring and, ta- like, he does this kick that's like a tail whip. It's like spinning roundhouse kick. Uh, it's like spinning back kick. And literally kicked all three of them in the face. They were lined up in a row <laughs> and kicked them all three with one kick. It was awesome. It was awesome. And then uh, the one guy, oh, shoot, I always forget their names, the two guys in the Dark Order. It's Evil Uno. And Stu Grayson, yeah, yeah. So, and then Evil Uno just, like, patted Stu Grayson on the back and was like, good luck, and then booked it out of the uh, ring. And then 
he got destroyed by Luchasaurus, and it was amazing. And the crowd was going absolutely wild. Oh, it was wonderful, Harris. It was so much fun, and he's back way early. He had like a torn ACL or something, and somehow yeah. is back. And he, and did, he did a, like a standing moonsault in the ring. Like it was, he's back, and it's awesome. And he's like my favorite thing in AEW right now. It was awesome. Well, I thought you were going to add something, but that's fine. I can just talk the whole time. No, I'm um, glad he got back so quickly. I didn't want to monopolize your five minutes. Oh, that, you know, okay. Uh, fair enough. That's fine. But you can, you can pepper in a few things if you wanted. But, He's got um, that dino DNA, man. It helps him heal faster. <laughs> I'm going to go with that good point. explanation because I like it. It's good. It's a good point. Um, okay. The other greatest thing in Dynamite was the back and forth between MJF and Chris Jericho. Because MJF turned on Cody um, at, mm-hmm. at at the pay-per-view and, you know, threw in the towel. He didn't win. He didn't win and everything. And so he comes out to Cody Rhodes' full music and entrance, like pyro and everything. It was awesome. <laughs> and then comes in, and this guy is the best, probably the best heel in all of wrestling and just cuts this amazing promo, and Jericho is out there. He interrupted Jericho, who was talking, and they had this back and forth, and i got to play a couple of these segments here. Listen, crisscross applesauce, I'm sure you'd really love me to join your little inner circle, jerk. Sorry, sorry. Freudian slip. Freudian slip, buddy. All right, he starts off by calling him, uh, in one of the things, he calls him crisscross applesauce. <laughs> which was absolutely amazing. And then it goes on to continue the promo, a bunch of stuff. Jericho was not going to be outdone. And he gave us this. Well, let me tell you this, uh, Maxwell Seashell, Seashell by the seashore. <laughs> okay, Harris. So then Her- when uh, Jericho gets the mic, he then says, all right, Maxwell Seashell, Seashells by the seashore. <laughs> And everyone's sitting there like, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> you know he heard him call him crisscross apples. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be outdone by this guy. And, oh, man, it was one of the funniest things I have ever heard ever in a wrestling promo. Chris Jericho saying that it was amazing. And so, yeah, th- those are my those are my two favorite things from the week, or I guess three if you count the question mark thing, but Luchasaurus coming back and this little back and forth between Jericho and MJF was just perfect. That's great. Jericho has such a noted history of saying silly things and getting them over. It's That's really right. It's impressive. even better. This right. guy can get everything over, and I don't understand how, but it works. He's so good, dude. He got calling someone a stupid idiot over somehow. Mm-hmm. I still don't okay, know how. You- I know. Okay, we're we're gonna bleed over our time a little bit. You know what it is? I think, and I we we're gonna get into this a little bit today. It's I think it's partial. Like the joke is always on him. You know right, what I mean? Right. And how self serious he is. There's a lot of people that say silly stuff, and it just it doesn't feel sincere. It's the fact that he owns it, and he yes. acts so pretentious, and like what he thinks a cool person is like, and then he says stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <clears throat> oh man, but that was great. Okay, so now it's time for Harris. So I got the oh. thing set, and uh, here we go. We're we're off. Okay, I'm gonna try to structure this the same way I did last week. Good, bad, and what I'm looking forward to. Uh, 
the Survivor Series build is looking pretty good. I'm not going to lie. They just had a different person invade the respective brands every week. So SmackDown, NXT, Raw. NXT is the show I watched in its entirety. So that was great. Uh, Finn Balor set up to fight Matt Riddle at the next TakeOver. That's going to be amazing. I'm already into it. Uh, yeah, I'm always in for TakeOvers, even though I haven't been watching NXT, even though I know I should. Yeah, it's well, it, this works out because I watch NXT every week. You watch AEW every week. And then we cross over where we can. That seems to be the pattern. Uh, yeah, fair enough. It, it's a little weird because they're trying to build to the NXT War Games pay-per-view and the Survivor Series pay-per-view at the same time because NXT is involved in both. And there's some mm-hmm. like face heel crossover there. But the story of the night was somebody is laying out members of the women's division. Is it one of the heel teams? Is it one of the face teams? No, it's not. It's Bailey, Mama's home. She's kicking everyone's butt. It was a lovely end to the show. I hoped it would be Bailey, and it was. Very satisfying, great show. Uh, the bat. That, I, I didn't watch a lot of other stuff on uh, Raw and SmackDown. I'm just kind of keeping an eye on it, except I know for a fact that Baron Corbin cut one of the worst promos you've ever seen in your life to open the show on Friday Night SmackDown. Because we've got like The Fiend fighting Daniel Bryan. And it's it's amazing. Like, it's great. It's drawing on their shared history. Sure. It's Daniel Bryan trying to express himself in a way that isn't just like selling out and doing the yes thing over and over again, because he's like a real passionate wrestling fan and he always wants to do new things. And it's the fiend who's just completely insane and is so like analytical about doing new things and being different that he's just like gone mad. Super interesting stuff. Then we have the show open with Baron Corbin saying, hey, you know how Roman Reigns is the big dog? Well, I'll have a furry come out here in a dog costume and we'll make fun of him because it's Roman Reigns. And then wait a minute. Hold on, Harris, Harris. Did he say that? No, I'm paraphrasing. Okay, I was about to say if he came out, (laughs) it's like, you know what? So we're going to have a furry come out in a dog costume to make fun of. I was like, wow, that's even worse than I thought it was. Okay, slandering the furry community. What a heel. No, no. So. (laughs) Then he has a guy come out in a dog costume and he gets out a pooper scooper and talks about how he's, you know, Roman Reigns is going to make big old dog poops and they're going to give them away to the fans in the crowd as souvenirs. It was truly abysmal. I'm paraphrasing all of that, but that was literally the gist of everything. Oh, I can hear Vince McMahon cackling. Right, exactly. No, it was. It was shades of Dean Ambrose, like being told to go in there with a pooper scooper and make it work. You know, it's just about that. Yeah. Oh, so that was bad. Uh, that that's my bad for the week. Now, Mark, what am I looking forward to next week? What what can you possibly think of that I might be excited about? Uh, the Georgia A and M game. Look in my eyes. What do you see? Cults of personality. CM Punk is back. I lost my mind. I was late for work. To be honest, I, I stayed up so late. Hang on, let me. I, I know we're going with this. Just hang on. <laughs> hang on. Listen. <laughs> I was literally watching backstage, thought, okay, it looks like they're about done. Nothing else is going to happen. I'm going to go to bed. Went to bed, saw that clip drop, and then couldn't fall asleep for the next hour and a half because I was very excited. Now, listen, I get it. I get saying, hey, I'd rather he make an in-ring return. Totally get that. I get saying, hey, I don't know. A backstage show seems a little underwhelming. I don't think he'll have much to do. I don't think this is that big of a deal. I think you need to get over it because – and that might not be how you feel. I don't know. I'm just painting with a broad brush here because the feedback we've gotten in the last few days is a bunch of wrestling fans being like, well, I wish you'd make an in-ring return. Shut up. Okay. This is all we've been talking about for five years. 
This man was born to be a pro wrestler. I know he has other interests. He was put on this earth to be in the pro wrestling business. He's so good at it. He clearly has an interest in it because he's talked multiple times about liking the idea of doing this studio show. Now he's back. He's going to be it's a WWE show. I know they're not his boss right now. He's back in the WWE sphere of influence. He's going to be talking about pro wrestling. He's going to be on our cameras every week. This is the this is great news. This is all we've ever wanted to see for years. It's super exciting. If you're not excited about it, I don't I don't know. If you're not happy with this, I don't know why you watch wrestling because this is a really cool and exciting thing. I think it'll lead to a lot more. Even if it doesn't, our, our TVs are better off with him on them. So everybody needs to get a little more excited about this. The apathy that like came after the initial announcement is super annoying for me. So that was a little bit of a positive and a negative. Can't wait to see what he does next, especially if they let him actually talk about segments where Baron Corbin makes fun of Roman Reigns and his poops. It's going to be great. Wow, that was like the most perfectly timed thing I've ever seen. I'm glad I didn't think it would work out. You can you can you can comment back on that if you want because that's oh, yeah. kind of a big deal. I was just gonna say I completely forgot that that happened. <laughs> I did. It's been. I feel like all this stuff. Like, didn't full gear happen this past weekend? Yeah, it's been a lot. No, it was the weekend before. Okay, good. No, I was about to say I thought I was going crazy. No, it definitely was the weekend before because it was the weekend of the. Uh, wow. Uh, or well, I guess it was a week from yesterday, a- and we couldn't talk about we didn't talk about it though because we recorded early. That's right. what happened. Yeah. Okay. Or, or did we? No, we didn't. No, we didn't record. Nope. No, we what talked ha- about it. No, we definitely talked about it. No, because we did record on Sunday. See, I'm all over the place. I don't know. I what's think what going happened on. is we recorded early, couldn't talk about it. So then last week we talked about it. No, 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 we okay. did it, we did it right, because we talked about it on Sunday, because I literally had to come back and watch it, and then we didn't mm. start recording till like, oh, 9. That's right, that's right, that's right. So I'm, I'm all over the place. For that's some fine. reason, I forgot CM Punk came back, and I, I thought it was longer ago, even though it's not. Yes, that's a big deal, I agree with you, Harris, I think it's cool. Um, I don't care that much, because I, in no way, am watching any WWE talk show Pro programming, um, so I'll definitely have to have to see what CM Punk does because that immediately made the show probably the last thing I would want to watch to something I mm-hmm. actually now 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 need to see how this goes. So yeah, no, yeah, no, that's 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 pretty cool. It's it's still a big deal, um, you know, and who knows who knows where where we go from here, but it's exciting. I will say one more thing about backstage because this week was the first week I watched it without Punk. I, I think it's a lot easier for like fans like us than actually watching like the third hour of Monday Night Raw because it's only like one foot in kayfabe. They do a lot of other just kind of fun, goofy stuff. Like they got uh, Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian, to cut a promo against Samoa Joe, <laughs> which is pretty fun. Until you realize that Samoa Joe gets to cut one back and then it instantly goes from, oh, I would love to do this to I would never do this. It's terrifying because yeah. you really think Samoa Joe is about to kill him. Just weird little <laughs> things like that that are like actually letting these WWE personalities be interesting because yeah. it's on FS1 and WWE doesn't care what they do basically. Right. It, it's 
if you're kind of a casual fan, I think it's really worth your time to pop in and just kind of see what they get up to. It is pretty fun. And it's easier to stomach than, like I said, a third hour of Monday Night Raw. Well, I, I just usually just, just uh, look up their results mm. and yeah. and yeah. be like, okay, this happened and that happened and that happened. All right, good. Oh, the other yeah. thing, it hit me the other day that Chad Gable is trying to join the Z guys from Rock of Ages, <laughs> which I was shocked that you had that you responded saying that you thought you were the only person who'd seen that movie. I didn't expect anyone to get that reference, but I thought it was a really good one, and I was really disappointed because more people I wish yeah. would know what I'm talking about. I mean, I don't think many people saw that movie. I know, and it's a shame. just have to get better references. That movie is very fun. It gets a bad rap. I enjoyed it. Tom Cruise plays the ultimate tweener who goes full babyface at the end. It's, it's great. Oh, it's great. It's Tom Cruise being a rock star. That's immediate win right there. I mean, that's why I went to see it. Immediate like, win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I enjoyed it. That is still my probably my favorite soundtrack of all time. It's really here's the thing. It's it's ultimately Tom Cruise playing the cool like tweener babyface that everyone right. loves to root for, mm-hmm. and then there's a really 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 bland babyface at the center of the whole thing that mm. I don't really care about. Yeah, that's, they, that's, they push that's that fair. kid hard. He's not interesting, but it's okay because you got Tom Cruise and he's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And the music is amazing. So yeah. uh, that's that's what I enjoy. Anyway, this has been Behind the Gorilla Reviews Rock of Ages. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yeah, this has been uh, Rock the Gorilla podcast. About Rock the Gorilla. That sounds pretty Rock cool. Ages. It does sound kind of cool. Trademark that for later. Um, All right. Now we're done with all that and we got to get into the actual show. So, yeah, Harris, I know you you prepared something for us, and um, all right, take it away. I prepared beforehand, as we were discussing. It's Which very is, exciting. That's There's a first time for everything. <laughs> yeah, hey. So, obviously, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know it's a little bit easier for us to get, like, down on the dumps about stuff in modern WWE in particular, like the way they do things, the way they run things, and that's fair. I get that, but... One thing I think is cool about WWE is like they for the most part, like they let the performers be the performers like the focus of the show is on these guys as wrestlers. So, for example, Seth Rollins, like he has it's not that he doesn't have charisma. I wouldn't say that, but he doesn't have the right kind of charisma that they're trying to write for him. You know what I mean? It's the same problem Roman Reigns had. There's a disconnect with the fans with him as the champion, as the top, like, good guy everyone's supposed to root Well, the problem is WWE has what they want these characters to be. Exactly. And half the time they don't match up with the actual characters themselves. Right. And therefore people don't respond. So I'm glad you used that word or that phrasing because here's the thing. Like, the actual character of Seth Rollins, the things about him that work well and, like, connect to the fans when he's over with the fans – is the fact that Seth Rollins is a great professional wrestler. Even though he can't use those words, his whole bit, the best thing about him is that he's such a good athlete. And when he works, it's because he says, hey, I'm a great wrestler. He can't say that, but you know what I mean. I'm a great wrestler. Night in and night out, I will put on a great wrestling match. If you have a match with me, it will be a great match, but I will beat you because I'm a better wrestler than you are. When he's allowed to do stuff like that, it works really well. And even if he isn't always allowed to really lean into that, 
that is the character of Seth Rollins, like at his core, right? Would you just go with me on this? That's a fair assessment of Seth. Yeah, Rollins, yeah, sure. Yeah, even yeah. if it doesn't always work. Uh, that that wasn't the case in uh in 1995. So. Oh yes, we're going back to the 90s. This is this. Is oh great. yeah, the 90s. There are a couple wrestlers. 95 is an that, even better year. Mm, that I that I feel like we'll get to if we just keep doing this show in perpetuity. This was a time. I remember the the thing I think of is on the Monday Night Wars documentary when they're talking about how bad the WWF was in the early 90s. And Triple H says, you know, I think there was a point where the audience felt like their intelligence was being insulted, which is hilarious. Wow. That's an, that's what is, an wow. I've never thought that before ever watching no. a WWE product. No. Yeah, it's an evergreen quote because it's still very funny to drop today. But like, especially at the time, you get it. This is the age of wrestlers like Mantar, uh, which yeah. is you know a half man, half bull. Mantar, of course, in the wrestling because, ring because they couldn't use the word Minotaur. Wait, is that real? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I figured they could use it because it's from ancient Greek mythology. Right. I don't think there's a lot of copyright like, between the, the word Minotaur? the word Minotaur, but. Uh, you know, I, I think it's more probably cause Vince wanted to own something. Oh, you know what? That's absolutely it. <laughs> so I can <laughs> like, say Mantar okay, and you can write it down stands, you know, and then I can make Mantar. money from it. It's the gobbledygooker. I think that might've been a little earlier. It's, a, yeah, that, that's a good one though. Again, here's another episode we could potentially do. It's the repo man, right? Oh, and the yeah, repo that's man's whole bit is exactly what it sounds like. He's coming to repossess your car, but we're not talking about any of those today. We are talking about Aww. one of the worst and therefore most shining examples of the wrestler whose character is not that of a pro wrestler like Seth Rollins, but it's just a guy with another job who happens to be in the ring. Which was so, half the wrestlers at the time. I know. I know. So whose idea? Be fair, but how was that a good idea? I don't know. Was I think <laughs> – Here's the thing. We'll touch on this more later. I wonder if this is Vince McMahon thinking he's adding realism to the product. <laughs> like, you know what? I, mean? I can't think of any other explanation. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's but, a good point. Okay. So first of all, this shouldn't be the case. Like, if you told me before I knew anything about this guy or this angle, hey, we're going to have a feud between Jerry the King Lawler, like one of the most legendary, you know, old school wrestlers, a great heel, oh, yeah. an icon of Memphis wrestling. And Brett the Hitman Hart, like many people would say is the best pro wrestler of all time. Pretty much everyone would say is one of the best like actual in-ring workers of all time. Sure. I would think, wow, this sounds amazing. Like this sounds like a great feud and like a really great proper like character driven but also sports heavy pro wrestling feud. Mm-hmm. So we're going to begin the story on June 26th. This is an episode of Raw. Back when Raw was only an hour, by the way, which made browsing for <laughs> topics very easy. Like, that was kind of refreshing. That's nice, yeah. We're, we're coming off of a pay-per-view. I think it was uh, – oh, it was King of the Ring. That's what it was. King of the Ring 1995, which was, I'm pretty sure, pretty bad anyway. I don't remember exactly. I didn't watch the rest of the show. But it opens with – and I'm not being sarcastic when I say this – probably one of the most entertaining things – that Vince McMahon has ever done. And I know that entails a lot more entertaining than 
Doink with all his little people clowns and Jerry Lawler with his little people kings? No, no, no. I mean Vince McMahon, like the person, the performer, and the character. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because this is back when, weirdly, Vince McMahon was the color commentator on his own right. TV show. Well, no, he was the play-by-play guy. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I, And he's really confused. good, right. too. Yeah, he is. He was a well, great Well, so the show announcer. opens – like it's the mid '90s, and they're still doing that thing where they won't show you footage of the pay per view, which I get. They want you to buy it, but they're showing pictures. Little still frames, yeah. And he is doing, yeah, and he is doing. Do you, do you listen to John Mulaney at all? Um, I have before. Okay, you know how he does that bit where he talks about how like reading the New York Post is like shaking a man on the street and being like, "What happened today?" <laughs> and then he'll be like, "There's a perv in Queens," and you're like, "Okay, thank you." <laughs> Vince McMahon describing what happened in this match is like grabbing a seven-year-old and being like, what happened in the match? Like it's pictures of the match and Vince McMahon is like an octave way higher than his normal speaking voice. It's like last night on the King of the Ring pay-per-view, it was the first ever kiss my foot match on a pay-per-view. It was a podiatrist nightmare. The crowd gasps as Jerry the King Lawler delivers multiple pile drivers. To the face of Brett the Hitman Hart. Like, he's just at an 11. Just losing his mind talking about how intense this match is. Jerry the King Lawler, like, knowing it was a Kiss My Foot match, had been pouring, like, yogurt down his boots and stuff for weeks to get his foot <laughs> nice and smelly. Right. And he's just losing his mind. Vince, he's like, and then Lawler took his boot off. And everyone at ringside gagged and choked. And the smell was horrible. And then, what's this? The sharpshooter from Bret Hart. Would Lawler escape? Ultimately, no. Like, it's a very Batman 1966 sort of thing. <laughs> I was about to say, that's the vibe that I was getting. Oh, you're going to get it even more. So, <laughs> uh, By the way, <laughs> check out my uh, Batman podcast, the Uncut yeah. Crusaders Review, yeah. where we are going through the Batman 1966 TV show. Next week, we were uh, going to talk about the 4 through 8. Numbers episodes four through eight. So uh, check check that out on Two iTunes and everywhere nice. else. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, so he, he you know so he's going through the match and yeah, Bret Hart wins with the sharpshooter and first he makes Jerry the King Lawler kiss his foot and then you know I mean classic baby face to arrogant heel move. He eventually forces Jerry Lawler to put his own foot in his mouth, which of was course. you know ten times worse. <laughs> Vince describes it. I think he misspoke here. Or I misheard him. It sounds like he says, in a scene that was only fitting for Monday Night Raw. And then it shows how, you know, Jerry Lawler is backstage in the toilet, like throwing up repeatedly <laughs> after. I don't know if that means he thinks that, like, it's the only scene they could show us because it's the only video from the pay-per-view that they show us. Or, like, if he just thinks Raw sucks and that's why it's worth seeing Jerry Lawler throw up. In Anyway, Jerry Lawler has been beaten, crushed, had two feet shoved in his mouth. Absolutely humiliated. That's where the feud that that's where we're starting this story. So you know how on the network, like you can skip by segment now, you can search for different stuff and it'll show you like each segment has a name or whatever, almost like it's a sketch. The last segment the the segment that Jerry the King Lawler is in this evening is called Jerry Lawler Attempts to Clean His Mouth. Um Oh, okay. And please, he's, he, please, please continue, Harris. And he announces, 
you know, in his most despicable Jerry the King Lawler, you know, just whining, pedantic way that ever since last night, he's been trying to get this awful stench out of his mouth. And he's come here tonight to see his best friend, his dentist, Dr. Isaac Yankum, DDS. <laughs> uh, he's standing in front of a door, you know, with a cheap sign on it that says Isaac Yankum, DDS. And he's careful to say that name multiple times, just in case. Oh, I don't know, Mark. Do, do you get the humor here? It's very subtle. I no, I, I I don't get it. I mean, it's a it's a dentist. I mean, I get right. it. He needs a dentist to fix his his mouth because it's been infected by right. you know Bret Hart's nasty toes. Of course, and you know I don't blame you because it is really very subtle. But sure, yank them actually sounds a lot like yank them, as in you oh. yank teeth out. Like a dentist does. It's very clever. Oh, you know, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, it's well, – listen, we're lucky that somebody did. I mean the world is a better place with humor like that in it. And you can hear in the background as Jerry <laughs> gives this whole promo. Just imagine you hear what sounds like a power drill and muffled screaming. It's, <laughs> it's a little disturbing if I'm being honest with you. So what you're saying is he forgot to give him the shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So we're going to – boy. There will be more uh, procedural notes about Dr. Isaac Yankum, DDS's medical practice as the show goes on. Yeah, trust. I was about to say I'm a little worried. I don't know if I quite trust his uh, so his medical status. <laughs> and you, you might notice that we're going to see more of Dr. Isaac Yankum in the future as we've both been referencing – and that's because, as Jerry the King Lawler explains to us, Dr. Isaac Yankum, DDS, after seeing the horrible damage that's been inflicted on Jerry the King Lawler and his teeth, has promised to extract – that's another dentistry pun. I don't know if you caught it. It's very clever. Okay. He's promised to extract some revenge on the hitman himself. Oh, okay. See, I didn't get the humor because I literally mm -hmm. thought he was about to say – he was going to extract the rest of his teeth. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. And then it went even a different way. And I was going to extract. Confused. Yeah. He's going to extract revenge. I'm glad you explained it. Now, keen listeners may wonder, hey, uh, how is he going to do that? Because Brett the Hitman Hart is a legendary professional wrestler. Very tough, very bad dude who clearly just proved that he can beat Jerry the King Lawler in a fight. Well, yeah. It's very simple. This is a direct quote now. You see, before he was the best dentist in the world, he was the best wrestler in the world. Oh. Okay. <laughs> now, okay, I didn't realize... Oh, see, this totally makes sense. I didn't yeah. realize that you were talking about Britt Baker's dad. But now... <laughs> but I understand. I get it now. It makes sense. That is canon. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, we're going with that. That's incredible. So, okay. Why? By the way, at this point, Jerry the King Lawler says something that I think is very interesting and we will also touch on again. Not only was he the best wrestler in the world, he was the best wrestler in the world under an assumed name. Jerry oh. goes out of his way to point that out, which just raises so many more questions. But let's, let's, let's get going. Let's, let's keep the story moving here. He goes on to say that he has promised 
Bret Hart that he was going to come – or he's promised Jerry Lawler, I'm sorry, that he was going to come back with him to the WWF and he was going to drill his way to the top. Drill his way to the top, Mark. It's Isn't another it dentistry. drill your way to the bo- – you know what? Never mind. <laughs> okay. Throughout this entire promo, by the way, which is absolutely worth your time, Jerry's chewing gum, and I thought that was like a heel thing to do. You know, like Dean Ambrose would do it, and it makes him look like cool and confident, or like right. someone like Sammy Guevara in AEW will do it, and it just makes him look like a douchebag, and you just want to see him get lit up. I thought it, it was something true. like that. I thought it was a heel move, but at the end of the promo, he spits the gum out, like tests his breath on his hand. It's still bad, so he grabs a toothbrush and starts brushing his teeth. Like, he's cutting this promo <laughs> in between, like, frantically brushing his teeth, <laughs> trying to get the smell out of his mouth, which I just thought was a nice touch. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that until the very end. But, yeah, so now we're left with that fascinating tidbit and just so many questions. But, okay, so we're moving on. The next week, Jerry Lawler visits his dentist's office again. This is the main event of the show. This is the last thing that goes on the air is they cut away from the arena to Jerry the King Lawler. And he's back at the dentist's office. And he's just screaming at people, anyone in the waiting room who will listen to him, about Bret Hart. (laughs) And how, you know, he's talking to these kids in the waiting room. And, you know, just going on and on. And, you know, Bret Hart, you know what they say about him. He's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But I tell you what, he couldn't beat me, not even on his best day. And he's definitely not going to be able to beat my dentist, Dr. Isaac Yankum. And then he stopped. <laughs> he said, hey, hey, quit looking at that National Geographic magazine. You're too young to be looking at pictures like this. And he snatches the magazine out of the, the kid's hands. <laughs> And then he starts flipping through it. He's like, see if there's something else. See if there's a map of Canada in here. Because that's where Brett the Hitman Hart is from, you know, all the way up in Calgary. But he's going to see my dentist, Dr. Isaac. Yeah, like, it's like they gave him bullet points. And he's like, okay, if anyone's going to know anything after this promo, it's that it's going to be Brett the Hitman Hart, his catchphrase, he's from Canada, and my dentist. Like, he's just repeating these points over and over and over again. As these children look at him, like, like he's gone a little bit screwy, and he definitely has. Well, yeah, that that and that'd be a fair like, assessment. Yeah. So he keeps going, you know. And Doctor Isaac Yankum, DDS. Don't you mispronounce his name now, because he hates that. Just in case. Hold on. Didn't. Hold yep. on. Hold yep. on. Hold on. Yep. Harris, just just yep. elaborate for people. How mm-hmm. is Doctor Isaac Yankum spelled? Uh, why? A N K as in Yank, E M as in them. So, just phonetically looking at this, uh huh. What what are some other ways that this could potentially be pronounced? I guess Yankim, if you thought he was perhaps like foreign or something. Maybe. I I don't know. I kind of uh, personally, I don't think there's any way you could possibly mispronounce it. Hey, that's if what, I'm being was, honest, that, that's what I was going with. <laughs> this is another little crumb that Jerry Lawler just drops and then like never picks up on again. There's no point where anyone mispronounces his name and he gets really mad. It's just there. It's just hanging out in the ether for us to think about. 
So then at this point, like after he's finished shouting at these children for a minute and mentioning Bret Hart and asking if there's a map of Canada, because that's where Bret Hart's from, you know, then Dr. Isaac Yankum opens the door and he's this big towering hulk of a man with horrible yellow teeth. Yeah. And the camera stops and spends about 15 seconds zooming all the way in uh, on his teeth. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Because WWE is nothing if not subtle and clever. It's ironic, you see, because he's a dentist. I don't know if you got the humor there. It's very, it's really clever. <laughs> so, that's July 3rd. We come back next week for July 10th. And I know you're thinking, oh, okay, so we've seen him. So is he going to come to the ring now? No, no, he's not. We're still in the office. It's been two weeks. Presumably, Bret the Hitman Hart is chilling. I don't think he has any other feuds going on. Maybe he's wrestling like squash matches. I don't know. It seems like Jerry's taking his time. But I guess if Isaac Yankum is going to stop being a dentist and come be a wrestler again, he has to like finish up all of his clients. So, well, yeah. I mean, again, it makes sense. Makes sense. It's now the second week. This time, Isaac Yankum is actually letting Jerry like sit in the room while he's doing his dentistry work on patients. Well, that makes sense. You know, they're friends. <laughs> right. They're best friends. You know, there, there's no there's no doctor client things for dentists. You know, there probably are. But, you know, I, I have really no idea why. if there are or not. Yeah. I'm just assuming there's not because clearly I mean, he's in there. Yeah. I mean, look, Isaac Yankum might just be breaking the rules. Who's to say? <laughs> but it's he's doing the same thing. It's like he just got a list of points and he's just talking about him over and over and over again. And he's like, you know, Isaac, everybody knows Brett, the Hitman heart. They call him the best. There is the best. There was the best there ever will be, but nobody knows about you except me and everyone watching Jerry. Cause you've been broadcasting these for like weeks now bragging. About <laughs> yeah. But how much do we really know? Well, then he says he literally follows that up and saying, except for me and a few other people, <laughs> so, I guess that means us. I don't know. It's a weird statement to not double down on. But then he starts talking. You know, he says, what do you weigh? 333 pounds? You're huge. You're a monster. Bret Hart, he's going to treat you just like your plaque. He's addressing Bret Hart now. He's not looking at the camera. The camera is like behind the patient. And like Dr. Isaac Yankum is to the right of the patient from the patient's point of view. Jerry the King Lawler is to the left of the patient. And Jerry's looking like off. Over the patient's head, like towards the door, and the camera is back on the other side. So he's not addressing the camera at all. It looks like <laughs> Bret Hart just walked in the door, like he did it. But that's what it looks like Jerry's doing. <laughs> and he's like, he's gonna treat you just like your plaque, like your filth, and not just you, Bret Hart. He's gonna drill his way all the way up to the top of the WWF. Again, drilling does not yeah. go up. Uh, so I know you think, Hey, wow, that's great. He closed on a really intimidating, threatening note. So he's coming to the ring next week, right? No, we're still in the dentist. Oh. It's now July 17th. Uh, it's been almost a month, not quite a full month yet. Almost a month. By the way, this episode of raw opens with Shawn Michaels cutting a promo against Irwin R. Scheister, the man whose <laughs> character is tax collector. We're gonna come back to him later too. That that that's personally that that Ooh. is Harris's Ooh. personal favorite wrestler mm. of all time. Oh yeah, I have a picture of him on my desk at work. Aside from Bailey, that that is his favorite wrestler <laughs> of all time because he himself has dreams of becoming a character named Irwin R. Well, Scheister, aka IRS. 
We're See, gonna... the, the joke there is Harris is actually an accountant, which I don't know how many people know. So that's where I the joke like is. I feel like most people listening to this know one or both of us personally. So, so probably therefore, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> it's a really good point. But uh, so that's where the joke is. Just just yeah, explaining it's it. Very clever for for everybody. All right. So, anyway, moving on. We're gonna do an episode about IRS in the future, but I skipped over it. I just said, "Ooh, that's when that's going on." Okay, but skipped it. <laughs> and now, okay, we're back. It's the same shot now, and I don't know if in kayfabe he's just visiting his dentist every week. It seems possible. It also seems possible that I don't know. They just recorded a ton of these at once. Because this one is shot from the same point of view, except this time Jerry's now looking at the camera. It's almost like they just did another take and said, hey, Jerry, look at the camera this time. (laughs) That's totally not what happened. He's totally visiting his dentist every week. But now he's looking. It's a different patient, to be fair. And now he's looking at the camera and saying, oh, I only wish this was you, Bret Hart. I wish it were you in this chair. But it's not going to be you in this chair. It's going to be you in that ring. Like in case we thought that Bret Hart was going to come in and get his teeth examined by Isaac Yankum. I mean, I would have rather seen the match take place in the dentist's office. See, now you're thinking of good ideas, and there were just none of those in 1995. Well, that's true. Well, at least least not in WWF. That's true. Like if it were Austin, he would have shown up at the dentist's office and like beat him over the head with, you know, an x-ray machine or something. Mm -hmm. But we're not there yet. The world wasn't ready for that yet. (laughs) <laughs> so this, oh man so then at this point isaac yankum is busy yanking a tooth out while jerry's cutting this promo at one point yankum picks up his knee like braces his knee on the patient's chest for leverage like pressing up with his foot and his leg and rips this tooth out (laughs) and the tooth as he rips it out is censored like it's too graphic for the viewing public Uh, so it's like you know what that means you know that means there was just nothing there they couldn't figure out how to do the effect so they're like you know what just blur it out which i kind of respect that and so the segment ends and we find out that this, like this was pre-recorded, presumably the same day, but right. cuz Jerry's there doing color commentary with Vince McMahon, right? Right. And Vince McMahon, ever the voice of sanity and reason, says, "Uh, this is outrageous. What kind of dentist has yellow teeth and lets you sit there while he's operating on a patient?" <laughs> Both valid questions. At least, hey, at least someone is asking real questions, and I did not expect them to come from Vincent Kennedy McMahon. It's very funny hearing Vince McMahon be the voice of reason in any situation. I mean, that that's up that's amazing because that's up there with. I don't know if you remember when I was talking about uh, the uh, the the Mike Awesome Fat Chicks episode when it culminated in a match between him and I think it was Vampiro. And the, it was a regular match by all means, but they ended up like going through the crowd and hitting people with hitting themselves with weapons. And then the pin took place outside, I think also. And Stevie Ray was one of the guest commentators. And at some point he was just like, are there any rules going on? <laughs> and just straight up called out what was going on in the ring because of how disjointed WCW was in the year, I think this was 2000. 
and uh or 99 or one of those or maybe two i don't remember when it was but it was in the later years when there was no continuity whatsoever that's my favorite announcer moment of all time and this one is pretty good though straight up being like you know this makes no sense right yeah that's amazing (laughs) and the fact that it comes from vince is just oh it's that's that's we have a fond place in our heart for moments like that i feel like jerry the king lawler then in a just to you know like take the wheel, yank us back in the complete opposite direction, like back off the highway. He says that, hey, for your information, me and Isaac, we go way back. We're best friends. You know, Isaac used to be in the Marines. Oh, now we're getting more backstory. I like this. Yeah, that's right. He was a drill sergeant. Yeah, that okay, was good. That, that was <laughs> That's the best part of this whole thing so far. It was props to either Jerry or whoever moron came up with that. Thank no, you and it's congratulations. Brilliant. It's brilliant because you bite. You hear yep. the Marines and hey, you're like, there's "Oh, another that's one. actually." <laughs> you think, "Oh, that's actually really interesting. I wonder how that's going to Oh, I hate you so much." <laughs> And see, and Harris, it's so contagious that now Harris started to do it. Um, it's a great, it's a great setup. It really is. Like that's amazing. I know Jerry as a color commentator and his dumb jokes can be annoying. I think no, that might no, be the best great. one he's ever done. They're great, and I love them. And anyone who hates on Jerry Lawler's commentary mm. has is mm. has, has no fun. Yeah. So <laughs> with that, I just love the fact that you followed it up by saying because you bite, and I was like, wow. It's oh, contagious. That, dang it, I did it too. Wow. <laughs> Wait, you that didn't get that till right now? No. <laughs> I mentioned it when you said it. I was like, oh, now you're doing it. I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, we're either getting dumber or smarter the more we talk about this. I'm not sure which. Well, one of us always gets like smarter in specific instances and the other one doesn't get it. So they're just getting dumber. Mm-hmm. And that just seems yeah. to happen all the time. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So... I know what you're thinking. Wow, after closing so strongly, surely next week is the week that Dr. Isaac Yankum. Nope. In yeah. fact, oh. not only does he not show up next week, there's no vignettes the next week. What? And you might think, you might be forgiven for thinking, oh, they're just done with this, right? Like they just ran it for a while oh. and then decided to stop. I mean, that's happened before. It has. Yes, it has. No, no. Uh, we're finally back. So August 7th. Finally, this has got to be the episode of Raw. It has been, for those of you keeping track at home, this started June 26th. It's now August 7th. I assume Bret Hart has wrestled other matches. This is the feud he's in. This is what they're building towards. Wait, hold on. I got to take a pause for a second. Has Bret Hart been associated with anything in the past month and a half with this at all? They've been calling him out every week. Yeah, but has he said anything and done anything? There's been there haven't been any segments where he's like, hey, here's what I think. And we'll get to that in a second. There's okay. not like a back and forth here. As far as I can tell, it's mostly just one sided. I assume it's one of those things where like Brett will come out and wrestle short matches or be in tag matches and commentary will be like, hey, that's really crazy how he's going to fight a dentist, which is pretty crazy. But it's not like he's gotten like a ton of rebuttal time or anything. This kind of just keeps happening in its own world. Well, that's interesting. Again, we're we're now back in the dentist office. Like nothing has changed in a month and a half. <laughs> and like they're clearly 
<laughs> this is the point where I thought, again, we're kind of in Adam West territory because they've been pushing the dentist stuff this whole time, all these really clever dentistry puns. And at this point, they just start to run out of steam. That's really the only way I can put it. Because now this is this is the week where Jerry jumps the shark and is in full like if Batman had a villain called the Tooth Fairy, it would be like this promo. (laughs) Or if he had a dentist called Isaac Yankum. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because he's saying things like, you know, Bret Hart, x-rays are dangerous. You got to wear protection because he's giving an x-ray to a patient like we're scraping (laughs) the bottom of the barrel here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. We got to pause again on this. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lawler is a wrestler by profession mm-hmm. and a, you know, wrestling announcer by profession. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, he is not certified in any other professions. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. He's not giving the x-rays. Isaac Yankum is giving the x-rays. Okay. He's just hanging out. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. That, see, that's why. That's what yeah. I. That's what we were getting to the bottom of. Cause sorry. That would have been incredible. I was about no. to say. Um, he has. Now he is just giving. He's just helping him out. Just doing look, the, the procedures on his own. Look, Dr. Isaac Yankum clearly has some issues as a medical professional, but even he is not crazy enough to let Jerry the King Lawler do anything to his patients. <laughs> okay, well, that's good, I guess. So the, yeah, I guess he's professional, I guess. So he keeps going, right? X-rays are dangerous. You need to wear protection. And he's got one of those big heavy vests like on his own chest. Right. He's like, but at SummerSlam, Bret Hart, there'll be no protection for you because we see right through you. And at SummerSlam, he's going to expose you. Oh, boy. Like, it, it's terrible. And he means in the x-ray sense, that's also just a bad line. But, like, we like we, we ran out of all the dentist puns, and now they're like, what else do dentists do? Um, x-rays. Can you do an x-rays promo? And Jerry's <laughs> like, sure. You know, I can do it in my sleep. Here we go. I don't, I don't know. This is one of those angles where, like, watching it, you feel like, I would hate it if this is what pro wrestling was today, but this would be a lot of fun to make, like to do, to be on the set of. Right. And just throw all this stuff out there. I mean, I don't know if you remember that there was an episode of Saturday Night Live where The Rock was parodying like old school, crazy, coked out 80s promos. And like he and Bobby Moynihan are cutting promos on each other. (laughs) That's what this feels like, except it's absolutely real. It's just Jerry the King Lawler being like, all right, we're doing an x-ray themed one. All right, uh, let me think, let me think. All right, go. And then he just, he just throws it out there. It is the most insane, most campy, most 1966 Batman villain shtick. I've ever seen in my life. That's amazing. And it's even better because he's a huge fan of the 66 Batman show. Like he grew up watching it and everything. So it makes sense how this is just picture perfect. And if you know anything about Jerry Lawler, half of his career has been doing stuff like this, but then mixed with like actual really good wrestling, like Memphis, uh, like uh, championship. What is it? I think it was championship wrestling in Memphis. I, I don't remember what the name was, but like that basically was the pioneer of sports entertainment in all for all intents and purposes. And I mean, WWF took a ton of stuff from the way Memphis ran things. And this is just right up. Yeah. That alley. Yeah. It, yeah, it really is. It really, really is. So I know what you're thinking. Okay. Well that must be 
where we draw the line, right? right? Surely we're done. The next thing we do is the match. No, no, we got one more week of this. It's now no. August 15th. It's been almost two whole months. What are we building up to? What is and the date? Still in this... what, I don't actually what know the date. date are, we, are we building up to? This cause... is the Go Home Show. So okay, SummerSlam okay, was okay. August 21st. Gotcha. Yeah, so okay, we're there. So, this is the last so... one. Spoiler alert. And you can kind of like clearly what happened is if I can just draw back the curtain for a second, they clearly filmed like a certain number of these and then realized that they didn't have enough to do one every week. And that's why they stopped for a few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And like the x-ray one was like one of the worst ones. So they didn't keep that for the go home show. They used another one that's like, okay, as the go home one. That's clearly what happened here because Isaac Yankum is drilling on a tooth. He's drilling on a tooth. And Jerry's cutting this promo. And at some point he stops and he looks at the patient and he says, hey, kid, hey, kid. He's he's ranting about Bret Hart, right? Like he's been doing this entire time. It's like a Natty Nightheart promo. It's like Bret Hart, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Bret Hart, Canada, Bret Hart. He's just going off like that. And finally he stops. and He's like, hey, kid, who are your favorite WWF superstars? And the kid's like. Oh, um, I guess uh, Diesel and uh, Razor Ramon and uh, Shawn Michaels and, uh, uh, you know, I like uh, I like Bret Hart, too. And Isaac Yankum's eyes narrow and he starts drilling even harder and the kid starts like thrashing around, <laughs> which is horrible. But also, you got to read the room a little bit, kid. I don't feel that bad for you because you're clearly kind of dumb. Like, don't give that answer to your psychotic dentist and the man who's been here for seven weeks ranting about WWF wrestlers, particularly the one that he hates. Just keep <laughs> that one to yourself. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Probably a better idea. No. Yeah. But now so we've, Jerry I'm glad is... we've brought child cruelty in the workplace to, to the forefront well, though of this. I mean, we see, were really missing that Vince in this angle. Well, like I said, I think Vince McMahon's thinking at this point in time is if we bring in, professionals doing their job it'll add a sense of realism because like take irs for example future episode irs what do adults hate more than anything else the irs so let's let Shawn michaels beat up the irs and then people will cheer for Shawn michaels like there's a logic to it it's not a good one but it's there i guess what do kids hate more than anything else the dentist now that is true though We'll have Bret Hart fight the dentist, and then kids will cheer for him. I would like, love Bret Hart to fight my dentist. <laughs> I hate the dentist. I hate the dentist so much. All See, well, there you go. It's working. There, I understand to all the dentists out there, what you do makes sense, but I let's just say you're a professional. I am not, and I can floss way better than you do. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. So... Now Jerry Lawler, consummate professional, is bringing it home. And the kid is clearly in a lot of pain. And Jerry says, this pa- the patients are in a lot of pain, just like Bret Hart's going to be at SummerSlam. But don't give him any Novocaine. We want it to hurt. We want it to hurt real bad. And that's how the segment ends. Yay. And we are finally, mercifully, we've made it to SummerSlam. So two things. Number one, okay, first of all, let's talk about Dr. Isaac Yankum's entrance. Now, as we've established, Dr. Isaac Yankum, before he became a doctor, used to be the best wrestler in the world, and he wrestled under an assumed name. Now, in my mind, 
if I'm coming back to wrestling, I would do it under the moniker of my assumed name or at the very least be like, that's right, Bret Hart. I'm a great professional wrestler, the best one ever. It's me. I'm doink or something. You know what I mean? Like drop that ball out there. Instead, it's never explained who he was. He doesn't readopt any old persona. He just comes to the ring as a dentist and he's wearing scrubs and he's wearing like, you know, like a little, it's like a headset, but it's got glasses on it, I guess. So we can flip them down and take a closer look at your teeth. <laughs> uh, he walks to the ring to the sound of, a drill, just like a drill. <laughs> it's just one drill. It's just one drill. It's not a song. It's not like a dumb dentistry pun, which I guess would be kind of amazing. It's just like like Jim Johnson just turned the recorder on, found a power drill, and just <laughs> – that's it. Just for like two minutes. It's just a drill. It doesn't pause. Uh, I don't think. Great. It just runs. It's There's one – as he's making his way to the ring, there's one fan in the stands – with a giant tooth-shaped sign, like it's a big white sign that they cut into the shape of a molar. Yay! And it says, Bret Hart says, one sharpshooter a day keeps Dr. Yankum away. That's written on the tooth. All right, I'm going to pause again. Uh-huh. I want, now I want to hear your opinion on, on this thought, Harris. Okay. This 100% was made by Vince McMahon in his office before the show and handed to this fan it just for be. this shot. It had to be. No, no, but I it's... don't even mean an intern or something. Vince McMahon himself was in the back tracing this thing out, cutting it out. He sits there tapping the pen against his chin for a second, trying to think of what to say. He goes, <laughs> ding. You see his eyes light up. A little light bulb goes off. And then you just see him start scribbling furiously on this thing. And then after he's done, standing up, looking at it like a dad looking at a mowed lawn, just smiling. <laughs> that is how this happened. And no one can tell me it went any other way. Okay. I think you're absolutely right. I wrote in my notes, the first thing I said is, that had to be a plant. <laughs> I hope that was a plant. Here's what. Here's the only caveat i will add he absolutely did that made it and then somebody in tv production looked at it and was like no we need to make one that actually looks good because it looks <laughs> here's the thing like if a little kid had made it and it looked messy i would say oh maybe that kid made it because that's a that like no grown adult is gonna write that it had to be a kid but it's way too clean and like professionally done <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's cut in the shape of a molar. Right. And that entire phrase fits on the tooth. Like, it's way too well done. <laughs> Vince McMahon, I think, made the prototype, and then somebody else was like, all right, we got to, like, do a real one, right? Like, to some other, you know, like, to the intern. And the intern went and made this sign. Yeah, and then Either Vince way, didn't notice because in his mind, his looked perfect, so he didn't even notice ooh, that I like it had that. Been Yeah, no, that's pretty good. I think that's right. Yeah, we, We've got so, this. We know exactly what <laughs> We figured what it out. He's announced, you know, like we're announced where a wrestler is from can be fun to think about sometimes. Like, you know, like The Undertaker, right? From Death Valley. Like right. that's that's kind of a dumb parts pun, unknown, but it works for The Undertaker. Dun a lot of Dudley weird, Hill. like crazy monsters around this time are built from parts unknown, which is cheesy, but like fun. You know what I mean? Like it's or, a fun little. You know, Private Party is one of the best ones. 
what is that a party you weren't invited to is that yeah it's from? something like that yeah yeah that's very good. That good my 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 favorite weird one is charlotte because her name is ashley <laughs> the character took the name of charlotte because they're from charlotte rick flair is known as being from charlotte even though but they not. can't bill her as being from charlotte right because that sounds stupid and like breaks the whole thing open a little too much mm-hmm. so they have to bill her as from the queen city <laughs> but it just every time i hear that it makes me laugh it would I'm be like, so much better charlotte. if they said from rick flair's loins charlotte oh man they missed out the, on a huge opportunity. The next time she turns heel, they need to do something like that. Just really <laughs> lean into it. That'd be incredible. Where, if you had to guess. Oh, by the way, shout out to AJ Styles from Gainesville, Georgia. Good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, boy. If you had to guess, where would you think that Dr. Isaac Yankum is from? Huh. Let's see. Um... I'm trying to think of a city that actually uses some sort of pun, and I can't think of one now, so you're okay. going to have to tell me. Well, you're on the right track, although you wish it would be like from medical school or something weird like that. That would no. be funny. He's from Decatur, Illinois. Decatur, Illinois. Do you uh, get it? That, see, that's not – that's no good. <laughs> that would be it's better – no, that would be better if The Undertaker was from Decatur, Illinois. See, just, that would make more sense. It's infuriating because it's so normal and so, like, underwhelming. Oh, boy. Anyway. It's not good. Anyway. Now we cut backstage. And, see, this is why I think, like, I, I don't think I missed it. I think this is the first chance Bret Hart has had to respond to any of this. This is Bret Hart, the guy who's been in this feud this entire time. The guy who had a match with Jerry Lawler like two months ago to kick all of this off. I think the reason they repeat all this every week is so you remember because it's been so long since they fought or <laughs> seen each other. Anyway, the interviewer rattles off every terrible dentistry pun we've had so far. He's like, no, just, you know, just so you know, you idiots at home, in case you haven't been following. It's like Jerry Lawler says his dentist is going to extract revenge on you and he's going to treat you like tooth decay and he's going to drill his way to the top. Like he gets them all out in the span of like 30 seconds. It's atrocious. And he's, you know, and he says, do you think you'll be able to handle Isaac Yankum DDS and Bret Hart? (laughs) It what sounds exactly like something you would say listening to me describe this, Mark. They say Bret Hart. Do you think you can handle Isaac Yankum? Do you think you can beat him and knock him off WWE television? And Bret Hart just looks at the camera and goes, well, let's just hope and pray that's the case. Uh, he, he sounds – I mean compared to what we've been listening to for weeks on end, like Bret Hart, you know, the, the stereotype of him is he's a great wrestler, not always a great promo. He sounds like CM Punk in this interview. Just because he's not Jerry Lawler making terrible dentist puns. Right. He's just like, listen, I don't I don't care. I'll beat up Jerry Lawler. I'll beat up his dentist. I'll beat up his chiropractor. I don't care. I'll knock them all out. Let's do it. Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the first time in two months that anyone other than Vince McMahon for half a second has been like, really? We're doing this? It's not a little weird that his dentist is coming to fight me? Okay. Okay, fine. All right. I guess. Okay. So here's the thing. 
at least like like I said, I've never liked Bret Hart more than I have watching this promo just by the comparison, if nothing else. I know this has all been really terrible up until this point. At least it makes Hart look better. At least you want to root yeah, for him. I don't know. That's a good point. Be, you know, it's your job to get the other guy over. And I don't know, man. It's, you know, you see him. I think this is what they're trying to do. If we pivot back to current events for a second, I think this is what they're trying to do with Baron Corbin is just have him be such a dweeb that by comparison, even Roman Reigns, who has had some trouble getting his own charisma to shine through. Even compared to Baron Corbin, you look at Roman Reigns and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's pretty cool. <laughs> that is that that's that. I, yes, that is true. That doesn't make it good, but I think that's the thinking. Anyway, normally at this point, like we get to the match and it's this huge climactic crazy thing. It's Brett the Hitman Hart and it's a match against Kane. Like spoiler alert, if you don't know, Isaac Yankum would eventually be repackaged as Kane. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Wow. Oh, all right. Hugely... See, that, that's disappointing. See, hang on. So, like, just for a second, Glenn Jacobs, mostly known as Kane, also known ironically as Dr. Isaac Yankum, has had a great career. He kind of, you know, the characters kind of run his course, but everyone loves Kane. He's, like, all the performers love him. He's a good worker. He's a safe worker. He can have a solid match with anyone and has been able to have a solid match for anyone for 20 years. Uh, Bret Hart, great in-ring performer. You know what you're getting here. It's every Kane match you've ever seen. It's every, like, Bret the Hitman Hart faces a big, strong monster match. It's fine. There's really nothing, like, there's nothing that crazy that happens. I'm not going to just break it all down because it's not weird. It's not a gimmick match. It's not like a, I don't know, toothbrush on a pole match, which I would kind of appreciate more. It's just a match between Bret Hart and Jerry the King Lawler's dentist. And his dentist is a pretty good wrestler. Like, that's it. It's it's fine. He's really strong. He shoves him around some, you know. He he, he gets his heat. Bret Hart starts off hot. Then Isaac Yankum gets hot. And then it looks like Hart's starting to make a comeback. And then, you know, Jerry interferes. And eventually, okay, I I got a little bit ahead of myself here. So commentary throughout the match is pretty good. Like the match itself is not worth watching. Jerry and Vince's commentary sort of is. Like at one point, Jerry points out, tries to claim that Dr. Isaac Yankum was giving out toothbrushes and toothpaste to the kids as he came to the <laughs> ring. Like some oh, sort of I benevolent health-obsessed Santa Claus, you know? Yes, yes. I wish he had actually done it. That's the only thing that would have been better if Jerry wasn't making this up, which he was. But then at one point, like, he's talking about, yeah, you know, we have a common enemy, and that's what makes us a good good, good friends, because we got a common enemy, and spread the hitman heart, and I hate him. Sure. And Vince says... It's one of those moments where it genuinely sounds like he just breaks character for a second and thinks about it in terms of the storyline. And he says almost to himself, why would Isaac Yankum hate Bret Hart? Like, it just (laughs) broke him for a second. Oh, another great – man, Vince is doing our own work for us. He's he's killing it. On his own show that he clearly thought was a great idea. It's incredible. And like Jerry, consummate professional, jumps right back in and says, because of what he did to me with my mouth, you know, and just we're off and running again. (laughs) Eventually, like, you know, he gets up. 
he interferes in the match and well, it ends up happening, you know, uh, Isaac Yankum while the ref isn't looking catches Bret Hart in between the top and middle ropes. And, you know, they, they intersect and start strangling him sort of a Mick Foley spot. If you know what I'm talking about. Sure. And he's dangling from the ropes. He's trapped. The referee throws out the match and Isaac and Jerry both grab Bret Hart's legs and start pulling on him, like trying to strangle him in the ring ropes. It goes from being this weird, stupid match to like sort of a hardcore finish because they keep ringing the bell over and over again, like trying to restore order. And it's just chaos at ringside. Like it's actually done pretty well. If you forget the fact that he's fighting a dentist, which is kind of hard to do. <laughs> it was very like it, it was a cool moment. And if it was like Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler in just a match, it would have been like a really bad moment deliver because you know it's a man in smock like a smock like, like a dentist smock doing it it doesn't work but right. look that's that's the in-ring debut and glorious dq finish of the great isaac yankum dds so they would go on to feud for a few more weeks after this they had a cage match on raw one monday night it's it's fine. Like there's a spot, you know, where like Jerry tries to interfere, so they put him in a shark cage above the ring, and then at some point, of course, he drops the key into the ring for Isaac Yankum to get. The only good thing to come from this match, really, is the promo where Isaac Yankum, who's now cutting his own promos, says, "I'm going to apply the world's biggest set of braces to your teeth, Bret Hart." Other than that, it's just. It's a total wet fart of a feud, like, from this point on. I mean, they have one or two more matches. They finally have a tag match where Bret Hart teams up with someone random and fights Jerry Lawler and the dentist together, and Bret Hart wins again. Yay. And that's kind of the end of that. Like, Isaac Yankum sticks around for a few more months. He's in the Royal Rumble. Uh, spoiler alert, he doesn't win. He did oh. not get the title shot at WrestleMania. It's too bad. He lost a couple matches to The Undertaker, and, you know— was kind of just in squash matches from that point on. And then eventually he disappeared off WWE TV, never to be seen again. Presumably he just resumed his practice, well, having yeah, realized I mean, that, that, that wherever, he, wherever he was competing earlier was not nearly at the same level as the World Wrestling Federation. Um, sure. And that's how this story comes to an end, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Uh, uh, like I said, in terms of... We need the heel to be a giant, like, toe rag of a person in order to make people cheer for the baby face. I get it. Like, it's done well. Jerry the King Lawler, to his credit, one, makes these far more entertaining than they have any right to be by channeling his inner Batman villain. The, the promos are <laughs> worth your time just to imagine he's playing a Batman villain. That is pretty fun. Everything in the ring is just nothing because – you can't take a wrestler seriously if his character is, I'm a dentist who also wrestles sometimes. It's so transparently stupid. Wow. That Bret uh, that, that's why I'm going to name this podcast. Harris bashes gimmick of Britt Baker. You know the difference? It's not a gimmick. She actually does that. So that's <laughs> actually an interesting character. <laughs> that's why it works. Because Just like I told you before, when I didn't know she was actually a practicing dentist, I thought, well, that's kind of dumb and not really a good character. <laughs> so, yeah, 
I didn't realize at the time it would be really great if I was like, and that was when I got the idea. Didn't even think about it. They actually did that before. So, yeah, the takeaway from this is AEW, stop stealing WWE's ideas. Or keep doing them, but find people in real life who do them. If you find a real-life Repo Man and run him out there for a match, that counts. That's cool. That is pretty cool. Vince is just a visionary in this regard. Because, like I said, he just pioneered how realistic it would be that you have part-timers wrestling. That's just how smart he is. Wow. Well, no, props but, to Vince. Anyway, so there's... There's no meaningful shine Bret Hart could ever get from this because it's just too stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just doesn't work. Like it's just bringing it full circle. I know we have problems with what WWE does today, at least for the most part. Like the characters are wrestlers, even if they don't treat them like wrestlers, even if they don't always treat them like athletes like Baron Corbin. At least they let them be prof- like they're cool, tough dudes who like to fight. That is who they are. It's astonishing that that was ever not the case right. and that it was not the case for like years at a time. It's a it's it's kind of wild to watch. I do recommend at least watching the promos because they're pretty fun in like an absolutely bananas kind of way. But boy, we've come a long way. I'll say that we have. Thank goodness for Eric Bischoff and Monday Nitro, which fixed all of this. Yeah, and wrestling would never be silly again. <laughs> no, never again. We don't have a guy who sits standing, not moving with his hands in his pockets and half kicks people. No. And our dinosaur wrestlers are real dinosaurs. That's how they heal so quickly. It's science. Oh, well, I mean, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> that's all I got. All right. Well, that's good. Um... So that does it for this week's episode. Normally, I like to start off with the uh, what's up with David Arquette, but I have nothing. Okay. Well, I was about to interrupt you and ask, so I'm glad yeah. you said it. So unfortunately, okay. um, not not really any news. I know there was like a uh, international trailer for Mobtown, which comes out in like a month. Yeah, uh, I movie, saw that. So. Uh, I saw that trailer, actually. That was the first one I saw. Oh, you hadn't seen one of the trailers yet? I knew that it was coming out. Like we talked about the it. The trailer came out weeks ago. Stuff, but yeah, I guess I didn't look it up. I'm a bad fan. I even talked about it on one of our What's Up With David Arquette segments. I know you did. And I noticed it and I thought, oh, cool. I'll have to see that. But I didn't think about looking up the trailer. Um, Excuse me. Well, that's disappointing, but that's fine. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I unfortunately, I don't really have it. Hand. Let me, let me search something real quick, see if there is anything. Okay. All right, so let's look. Uh, uh, he ate bean sprouts on November 11th. Oh, see here, this is the kind of quality content we need. Um, this is good. He ate baby corn also on November 11th. He hasn't tweeted since November 11th. So is he? Tw- is he just tweeting what he's eaten? Well, he did Are just on like- this one particular day. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, and then on Instagram, he's more active than he is on Twitter. And yeah, he just posted some set photos from Mobtown and okay, and that's that's kind of you know that, that's kind of okay. well, hanging, hanging with yeah. the family, yeah, yeah. Not, not not a lot of stuff going on with our patron saint David Arquette, but if there is, we're always on the lookout. So you know, we we always know what is going on if something is. So that's the way I like to look at it. But anyway, that does it for this episode of Behind the Gorilla. 
Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Behind underscore Gorilla. We follow back all wrestling fans. Um, unless you're weird, then we don't. No, that's a lie. We follow back the uh, weird ones too. Um, if you're stupid, sometimes we won't. So don't be mm-hmm. stupid. Um, hmm. Also, uh, subscribe to the pod if you don't already. And uh, you can also find all the links to everything on Facebook. Uh, Twitter's where we're a lot more active. Um, Instagram, uh, we are on there as well, at Pine underscore Gorilla. I, I post stuff every now and then. Mostly just episode things. <laughs> but anyway, that's there too. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Markbrand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. Although, I don't tweet about wrestling really at all on my own Twitter. I do. that's what my... I basically use podcast Twitter as my wrestling Twitter thing. So take that for whatever you, you will. Harris does, so you can follow him for wrestling stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I got. Any uh, final thoughts, Harris? That's about all I got. All hail CM Punk. Everyone watch WWE backstage this week because it <laughs> seems like it could be a fun show, and I'm going to be really annoyed if they can't. Oh, yeah, that would be a shame. That definitely would be a shame. So we'll have to see. All right, thanks so much for listening. Join us next week for another crazy episode of the Wild, Wacky, and just altogether nuts side of professional wrestling. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. Have a good week.